Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I always ask for credit, and sometimes Visa denies me. We're going with it. We're Growing going. up, TV was my best friend. Now, Bravo is my best friend of me. wasn't good but i thought you give a little flavor you give a little something you give a little shush with your with your personality Sarah. remember how sometimes you have one and it did not work out for me you i know come on, on you your short tag. yourself yours was good i'm not even happy with mine we do what we can i mean i think i do but who knows? <laughs> who's to say who's to say in this merry little world but guys listen it's andy's girls it's episode 277, which I also said for the last episode. But you know what? I have COVID. And I'm That's right. I'm pretty sure the number is right here. I'm pretty sure the number is right here. <laughs> and I'm so excited to have a return guest to the People's People's Couch. You know her as a content creator on Instagram and more, whose bio describes her better than I ever could. Think of her voice in the Bravo world as if Dateline and Sports Center had a Bravo baby. Mm-hmm. Is there any better way to describe yourself? I think not. Welcome back to Andy's Girls. Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Highlight of my week. Oh my God. Highlight of my week. I'm so excited to have you back on the pod. You. you know I die for you. You know I die for your social. Likewise. And listen, could there be a better week 
to talk about Bravo. <laughs> there's a and lot going week, on. There's a lot Stressful. going on. I, right? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a good way, because it's like the too much tuna. Like, there's mm. just like so much happening. Shout out Curl Show. Shout out Oh Hello. Like, it, it, there just is. It, it's like an embarrassment of riches stuff. Or is it kind of like which direction do I go down? Because there's just so much to discuss. There's so much to discuss. Number one. Two, I got to say, we're dealing with a new environment right now as Bravo lovers, because it's not just bravo now we got peacock stuff coming at us from the side Mm -hmm. that we got to keep up with as well so and i don't know i haven't even started watching miami and i feel the pressure you told me it's great i know i gotta tell you not only is it good (laughs) and sorry guys i'm in a covid cough um now and again because i'm still recovering but um not only is it good, but the episode that just went up, we're recording this Friday, Friday morning ish, mm-hmm. that just went up with Alexia and her family is one of the saddest, oh. realist, but not sad in a way where it's like, uh, for me watching it, it wasn't sad in a way where it's like so cringe or so dark. Okay. It's just, it felt very for anyone who's experienced enormous tragedy or loss especially Mm -hmm. if it's like a younger member of your family to watch Alexia navigate what is happening with her son and the challenges of her older son her younger son who sustained an incredibly severe um, brain injury after a life-altering life-threatening car accident and to watch how their family is is handling that in the years since and also how her fiance has thoughts and feels about it it's a very intense scene specifically this week it's something you know I just did a Patreon episode that's up with Damien OG of the AG mm-hmm. Damien Bellino and we talked about it for a while because uh, I have my own perspective as someone whose brother sustained, yes. sustained a high level spinal cord injury several years ago and and I think I have felt the way everyone in that room has felt about the my family's structure and state of affairs in the years that have followed and Uh, Just to say a long-winded way for the very first time of saying (laughs) Miami is doing incredible things and not just – and it's an oddity to talk about that scene because overall – the franchise feels so light, so energetic. The cast is great. Mm. Really interesting people with interesting stories. People who were terrible during the first season are fucking hilarious now. Like, it's un... And we get into that on the Patreon. It's, like, <laughs> unbelievable. Maybe there's a Kardashian effect or who knows what. But um, it's it's just incredible television. And I also just think specific to Alexia's family situation it's just incredibly powerful Mm. is how I would describe it um so I cannot say enough there are only five episodes I don't think you have to you know Damien I talk about this I I am as is he typically like a bravo purist where it's like watch everything Mm -hmm. but you can start with the reboot and if you just and if you love it and you want to understand more about their relationships you can dip back but like because there are so many new characters you know, like half the cast is new. Okay. So it's not necessary. I just would highly recommend it. Highly recommend It's great. <laughs> it's great. I can't say enough about it. Okay. I will check it out. I really will. Because I remember I did watch Miami back in the day. 
it's just fuzzy to me. So it'll all come back. It'll come flooding back. Like who had beef with who and what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll check it out. Five episodes deep is not so intimidating that I feel like I can't do it. Larsa is so funny. Is she? Or otherwise, she was, I thought, one of the worst housewives, one and done, like just a mess her first season. And I'm so enjoying huh. her. And like the things that fall out of her mouth, like they just genuinely fall out. Yeah. And she doesn't even know that they did. Like she doesn't even know that they're worth picking up. She's like, <gasps> oh, I guess it's on the floor now. Like it's just <laughs> incredible. Love that. Incredible. Okay, good. Yeah, because I think so many franchise and this was going to be one of my points for OC is like I'm I'm really liking that you know OC is shaken up and they brought Heather back and whatever but when I'm watching it I'm just saying to myself like what's real and what's not because I feel like the thirst abounds are you getting that at all is that coming well, tell through me for more you? about that is that do you think that was specific to this week's episode where do where do you feel like the thirst is emanating well from? maybe it's this week's episode but it's also I think you know it's not just this week's episode. It is what it isn't, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like I, I really enjoy um, Emily and Gina, like who they are as people are, you know, entertaining and everything, but they are keeping the show going. Like if I was imagining them all in a canoe, like they've got the paddles, like they are mm. talking to one party, going to the other party, telling them like, that's what's keeping the show going so far like Gina sat down told Heather what's happening that caused the thing you know Emily's over there talking with um no who was it Nicole like it's just those two are spinning the plates so they're they're carrying a lot of the weight and so I say to myself like Dr. Jen and Noella and their fight last night and to me that was like an ultimate you know um like thirst off between the two of them like you tagged me in a photo and I'm like this is wild this is Instagram like influencer problems I don't even know what we're fighting about right now (laughs) I don't know how does it strike you I thought it was so entertaining. <laughs> it, was. it was a throwback to classic housewives. Like, <laughs> is it stupid? Yes. Is that the point? A hundred percent. Do these women acknowledge the stupidity while also trying to like harm the other one's reputation <laughs> on the show? One thousand percent. And is Noella probably better at it than Jen? <laughs> yeah. Like it's. They're both being done. You know, the, 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 the interesting, fascinating thing to me about this is like, Jen isn't wrong, but mm-hmm. Noella is better at this than her. Mm. Like, Jen doesn't know how to communicate it through the lens of reality TV. She doesn't necessarily know how to deliver a line. And sometimes that uh, misunderstanding or misapprehension about how you're going to be perceived like the ability oh, yeah. to have like a reality tv third eye where you're like <laughs> that's I, true it is what it is I can look to the future and understand how this is going to be not only shot but maybe edited yeah. Jen isn't thinking that way and sometimes that's a benefit and it might be a benefit for us but definitely not her mm-hmm. in in watching her just land things with a thud <laughs> and noella is like i would argue much thirstier in some ways than jen but just is more uh interesting as yeah. a personality and so it's wild watching that 
navigate because like how do you feel about this whole marriage stuff the like she was married before but it wasn't real but I'm gonna gloss over it because obviously if he's filing for divorce it it is now like how do you think that landed with what what do you think Jen was trying to do in that moment you know that it it did bother me a little bit towards the end of the episode and I I wrote it in my little one of my little like screen recaps which is that you know Jen look first of all let me rewind and say Noella reading Jen and telling her her photo had bad lighting brought me a level of joy that I have not had in a really long time I cherish that I might replay Mm -hmm. it later because Mm -hmm. it she didn't call her she didn't need to curse she didn't need to get nasty she said your photo had bad lighting and it wasn't cute and that is such a burn I loved it I live for it and I feel like now that's just what we say to each other when we're trying to hurt one another because that's more powerful (laughs) that's more powerful than anything it's like when Caroline Manzo you know called um her a clown right it's like that that right there it just had a moment of purity because you could tell it's like a little kid being honest Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was very hurtful anyway I could tell that really bothered Jen so fast forward now she tries to get the big guns out and she's like calling her unstable and you know concerned for her and I'm like we're going a little too far now like that's not even as impactful as you're trying to be and I, I feel like it was it was too much it was a bit much and you know they're talking about her needing a therapist which might be true but you know she is going through something I'm sure um the marriage situation uh Gosh, it just seems like a hot mess express. And there's been a lot of rumors and I don't know what's real. Like someone said, okay, well, you know, he was still married to his first wife and they were calling each other husband and wife. And, you know, they had an open relationship and then sweet James posts his video where he's like, I experimented with, I don't care. I don't care. Did you cut off the credit cards and leave her penniless while she's supporting your child or not? Like just handle your stuff. But then I asked myself, like, he obviously has his face on billboards up and down, you know, California and other states. Is he thriving in this moment? Is he happy about this level of awareness and attention, whether it's good or bad, just because it makes him, you know, amplifies who he is as a person? I don't know. That's what I worry about with personalities like that. Man, you brought you made so many great points. Um, Yeah, the sweet James specific stuff is just it's so much. She went to a 13 here during her mm-hmm. first season in such a way where we don't know. We didn't even get an introduction to this person yeah. because day two, her husband surprised her with a divorce. So like it's an odd thing to try to figure out what's the truth. Yes. here, What's the reality? How is it being presented or shifted for reality TV, if at all? Mm -hmm. Or is it just a complete clusterfuck, which it it seems like it is? And also, the way that some of us um, understood or were introduced to her prior to the episodes was with all of these, let's call them like wealth thirst shots on Instagram of like, that's how I first saw her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, of course, like literally through Bronwyn, yes. but also th- through Noella's Instagram. It was oh, yes. like private oh, yes. jet, oh, yes. vacay, multi-million dollar mansion. And now we're having a conversation where she's saying on social that she's squatting in her 
mansion because her husband hasn't paid rent and he's saying it was only rented for the show. Wow. And she's saying that isn't true. But I'm thinking you I became aware of you. This is the whole the filter mm-hmm. of Instagram is Valencia, but it's also enormous the the ruse of cash. Yes. And so me hearing her be like, oh, they're paying rent on that. Like they I don't know. even own property, but we're talking about this place in I think Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Like how it's a lot to try to understand and also be introduced to this person. Yep. It's just it's like not just the chaos of the environment, but it's the chaos of the the info being presented and then changed yeah. I, I don't know like to someone someone might say to you isn't this great not obviously not hoping for the worst for someone but in the sense of like storyline drama isn't it interesting for the show to have this going on what is your response to that? Do you agree with it? Do you disagree? And and why? Uh, you know, uh, it is uh, it, the only thing that's interesting to me, <clears throat> per usual, is when it turns out that uh, that wealth was an illusion, and so mm. that's always interesting because you watch the first couple of episodes and you see them, you know, talking about giggle giggle. We met each other in the the private jet bathroom. We had the same Cartier, you know, bracelet on. Whatever laugh, laugh. And you're like, mm-hmm. wait, and you just, you stop. I always stop and I'm like, did, how have I played my hand in this world wrong? Like how are all of these people <laughs> flying private and giggling in bathrooms? And I just don't know, like what secret is there? And then by episode three, you're like, oh, that's right. Cause I'm not a grifter. Like I always forget, like I'm not shifting money to different properties and renting houses to make it seem like I have money, but then I'm actually in debt and not paying my taxes and like da 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 da. So it makes me feel a little bit better. But um, so that to me is fascinating. Now, the personal stuff with the divorce and the marriage and we were married and we weren't and all that kind of thing, that is just a little bit overwhelming. I don't think it helps her or him. I think it mm. makes, for me personally, makes me question like, like, are you guys for real? Like what's going, what's going on? Is this, is this a, uh, a, a storyline that we are you know, being shown that has legitimacy to it? Or is this absolute chaos? Is that where you thrive? And so for you, this is real. But for us, it's just like, whoa, can we take a breath? Will there ever be, you know, anything just, I don't know, stable here? I, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot between the taxes we thought was a lot, right? But then it's like mm-hmm. the marriage and the house in Puerto Rico and all this other stuff. So it's a bit much. Yeah. And Jen really kind of fucked this up a little mm-hmm. bit. She fumbled the reveal because I do think it is odd. And this is what I think Jen was attempting to say, that this person was obviously legally married because of the um filings that have happened and the questions of you know where is she based why is this happening in Puerto Rico and she's they're both residents of California which is also where they were married that's all fine and good but like there are videos and photos of their first wedding which is what Jen was trying to discuss where 
they had a literal <laughs> yes, large fancy wedding knowing he was married this prominent attorney <laughs> threw a wedding he knew was invalid I guess for kicks like it wasn't a private commitment ceremony yeah. where it's like a spiritual moment we know this isn't legally valid mm-hmm. it seemed like they were performing the art of wedding yes. here and marriage which to me is a little bit odd that is odd like correct that's an odd moment that you can't they're both participating in it like I want to mm-hmm. understand more of that Noella but for understandable reasons we can't really get it right now it just makes me wish that Jen was like a little bit better at communicating <laughs> yes true because I do think that there's some stuff to discuss oh maybe there not is. now yeah. maybe in like three weeks you know I know but this is where it, it just almost reminds me of like a friend that you keep trying to help but they keep getting themselves they keep making the same bad choices and every time you think it's going to go better they keep making an even worse choice and at some point you're like I got to go take a nap. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like when I saw the, you know, the photos and and was like, so wait, that wasn't a real wedding. Right. Okay. But all right. That's an interesting, a lot of effort and money to spend on something and have a lot of photos taken when everyone knows that it's not an actual thing. Why do it? It reminds me of like a glamour shots or like when two mm-hmm. dogs wed, like why, why would we do this? <laughs> It's cute, yeah, but it's a it's we're talking yeah. about humans, and you could just wait and have a legitimate wedding. I don't know, so that's when I'm like, I got to take a step back here. What's happening? What's real? What's not? I mean, we did watch Carol's dog baby. We did get no, not get married, but was in the bridal part. Oh, is that what it was? Yes, a, yeah. Um, for a wedding on New York. So there is precedent there. True, for, for a like fake, fake wedding. Absolutely. Weddings. But that was for her dog. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like, human people are different. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a thing that people do. I genuinely have never heard about it. Me neither. I've never I've heard of people rushing divorces so that they can get married or getting engaged while they're still legally married. Because as we know from, like, seeing many many contested divorces play out mm-hmm. that can take many years I have no problem with that it's just like the the wedding of it all I want to understand that Noella who I guess is we're sort of being introduced to but not really mm-hmm. and maybe she'll explain it because I feel like she's pretty open with us um and that was another thing that really struck me was that she said she felt like Jen was too, like revealed too much, I think was the word she used. Like she just, she was too much too soon. And I'm like, wow, this woman, we met her and she told us about her sex dungeon. So for her to say that she met someone and they were too much too soon, like what happened? Tell us, Noella, give us the details about what did Dr. Jen, what is this impression she left on you that was like so thirsty and just too much too soon? And I mean, birds of a feather fuck up together. Mm, and we know that the common thread is Bronwyn here. So it's like, uh, 
what does that even mean? Because then there are people talking about Noella and being like, and who, I don't begrudge her for this, but like you were really buddy buddy with Bronwyn. You were really buddy buddy with Vicky. Like, you know who these people are mm-hmm. and the power that they may or may not have or just the fact that they're both very closely connected with this franchise. So when we talk about thirst, I do think that there's a difference between like the thirst in trying to, you know, promote yourself as a public figure or whatever, whatever Dr. Jen was doing on IG versus like trying to get on Housewives of OC. You know, like I don't think that these are at the same level. They both could be criticized through the lens of like what you were trying to do to get on the show, which is a weird thing to do because it's like, don't we want people to want to be on the show? You know, like Mm. the fact that she was strategic isn't that just a human instinct to be strategic if there's something that like that's the the hashtag goal setting, you know, mm-hmm. like not to say that I'm goal setting to become Noella, but like the goal set in terms of like, what do I need to do to get here? She they would she would not be the first person who could have potentially gotten herself a home uh, that was outside of their means for the point of doing the show. Like Aviva and oh, Reed Drescher yeah. moved out of their bajillion dollar gorgeous uh, apartment in New York into a townhouse because the apartment didn't want them to film. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's it, the, that is one of Mikhail and Tarek Salahi had a home tour in literally someone else's home mm-hmm. with frame pictures that they said were close friends. Yep. You know, like they're, they're Noella and Sweet James, which is an a bomb. I don't. I can't. Marketing behind that. Yeah. Who wants a lawyer to be sweet? But Noella and Sweet James are not the first people to do this and to do this maybe poorly. Mm -hmm. It's just an interesting look for her to, as you said, contest someone as being thirsty when it's like, I don't know. I think what you've done is like way thirstier, but everybody drank. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. And and you're right. It's like, you know, even Salt Lake City last season, first season, everybody was saying like, oh, half of the women are renting homes and, you know, they just want to look fancy. You know, Jen Shaw renting the giant Shaw Mm -hmm. chalet and then another rental and Meredith and whatever. And it's like, okay, that's fine. I mean, if they can afford it, like who cares? It's, it's, more interesting to me to see someone's authentic life like I live here I've owned this home this is what I do blah 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 but um I mean I'm certainly not gonna not enjoy a show because someone is like renting a property to try to look fancier I mean and I feel like everybody's fight it's like the whole phrase of like you know you don't know what someone else is going through like fuck that up a little bit and put it within the world of housewives. Everybody is fighting some sort of battle Mm -hmm. in order to perform at their best on the show and, or in order to salvage or celebrate their reputation. Like no one can be credibly accused of not doing that. Like, Every person in this cast has done something or sacrificed something in order to either uh, attain a role on the show, Mm -hmm. maintain it, or in Heather's worldview, protect her reputation while signing up for a show that in many ways was created to question it. Yeah. You know, like, so Noella's thing of like, the the money of it all the marriage of it all just the understanding or incomprehension or confusion about who she is and what her life was before the show and you know after getting cast is 
a big example of it because it's so explosive, but it's certainly not the only one. And I don't think anyone is safe. Certainly not. And, you know, I thought about the other day, somebody had, you know, the classic image of Vicky yelling about the family van and she's wearing Mm. her, she's wearing her like normal clothes, holding like a normal bag. And I remember her house was like very nice to me. Like when I first started watching OC, I was like, wow, that's a really nice house, but it wasn't like a gigantic you know, $13 million mansion. And I had a moment where I saw that meme and I was like, it's so interesting what the show has become and what these people people feel like they need to project in order to be accepted at the baseline now. And I don't know if that's necessary. I just don't. I mean, for every Heather, there is a Gina who's like a more Mm -hmm. normal person. And to me, I don't think it's worth the risk of pretending you have that wealth when you don't because look at Gina she can she people love her like because she's because she's real and honest and i it's very interesting to me the choices that people make based on how things have escalated wealth wise what do you think i mean i think that you need to have both of these people need to exist in the world of housewives you do need to have escapist wealth because the whole idea of housewives was created as like, you know, a peek inside the dark reality behind these gated communities, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and during that time, you know, Vicky might look normal or have a life that, you know, is going well, nowhere near the kind of wealth she would create for herself from and within the context of Housewives and obviously Kodo. But like Gina Keogh had four houses and a bajillion cars and one house was for each kid. And then the market crashed Mm -hmm. and the housing market bubble exploded. And then we had Housewives served with eviction notices on camera and like, it seemed like people who were grifting on the show had been grifting for many years prior, not to call Gina a grifter, but like hashtag curtain cuffs. Like if Frank Curtin didn't start doing the grift for OC, it seemed like that was a life he had maintained for many years prior. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the idea of housewives, there is the idea of like how fame And the level of wealth and celebrity and value and power that brings has obviously risen. It's a different world now than it was 15, 16, however many years ago. But also the grift existed Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's the grift is a part of life. People in life, in their everyday lives and obviously magnified for because of in order to get on reality TV, but people mis misrepresent themselves, want to show a different side of themselves. I mean, that's, that is sort of, it, don't you think that's like the ultimate storyline of housewives? True. You know what? That's a good point. It's just, I get nostalgic every now and then. And I think maybe the past always seems rosier to me. I'm that kind of person mm. like, ah, times were simpler, but yeah, there were still grifts. You're absolutely right. And if I think about the short lived Real Housewives of DC, some of the best mm. moments are the absolutely insane, wild moments from the Salahis, like when they had everybody out to the winery. And they had them crushing grapes and they were store table grapes, not winery grapes. And we were just supposed to go with it. And there was like no wine really. And there were, <laughs> it's just amazing. So yeah, those moments are, I, I cherish those and I, I forget that. So thank you for reminding me that watching somebody try to grift is, is pretty, uh, it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> 
I mean, and also watching someone try to grift and watching their cast members try to figure out whether or not <laughs> they should be discussing the grifting on yes. camera. Like, are we all supposed to pretend this is normal or do we know more information in our back pocket about this person? And how do we decide whether or not to utilize it? Like, this might be an odd connected <laughs> thread here, but like the power of Noella, the chaos involved, and the fact that she truly is appearing to show zero fucks about <laughs> maintaining an order of power is best exemplified in the trailer for next week when she says to out loud, seemingly the first person to do so, and who knows how production <laughs> felt about this, but she says out loud, you essentially had a Nini's closet moment. You were physically reactive <laughs> to production like Heather Dubrow. You mm -hmm. aggressed members of production and the crew when you lost your shit. Uh -huh. and I'm going to talk about it. it. Like talk about I mean, yeah. Heather Dubrow, I would think you could credibly I don't think grifting is the term, but she seems to want to rewrite the history of whatever happened that night mm -hmm. and Noella saying, I'm not going to let you get away with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use it to try to topple the queen. Yeah. I mean, my fucking God, it's like takes my breath away. I know. I do love that because I think that instinct that Heather has, it reminds me so much of why uh, for me, I don't enjoy Beverly Hills as much anymore because they're trying mm. to keep everything like, shh, no, no, we don't talk about that. And then Lisa, what, you know, puts her hand and tap, tap, taps to read on the leg, like, stop, stop, like fall in line. And I'm like, this isn't even real anymore. So I, I do, I do appreciate Noella for being like, let's call a spade a spade. Let's mention it all. I do enjoy that. I mean, and Brandy Glanville on Beverly Hills slapped a cast member, threw wine mm -hmm. on another water or whatever it was that she threw at Eileen. And it's like they had these moments, but Brandy and at during those times, she was performing for the cameras. Yeah. It was a part of the moment. She knew that her cast members would react with horror. That was yes. sort of a part of this is like, I'm doing this for attention. Give it to me mm -hmm. negative or otherwise what Heather was doing was just a guttural reaction mm -hmm. of anger that someone at some point agreed wouldn't be shown or didn't happen. You know, obviously she's saying uh, that what Noella said happened didn't, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, like, what do you think the deal is what do you think do you think it's appropriate to compare this to whatever happened with with nini's closet mm, well you know nini was going through some things that heather is is not currently so Absolutely. i nini is a legend to me i mm -hmm. will always like just hold her at a different um regard because of what she was dealing with for years i personally do not think nini should have been on the show i think she should have taken the time and then you know she could have come back like she's doing so well now and all thoughts to nini we love her but anyway so to compare that with heather i would say you know nini had it's a great she point. was like a having a, a really rough time and so for her it was it was very different very emotional driven now heather dubrow yes emotional driven but i think it's also control for her and I think she was probably shocked at the audacity of, you know, Bravo to bring this into her home when she's 
I think in a lot of people's minds, including mine, like she's kind of doing Bravo a solid, like coming back on OC to bring it back up to a different level, to share her family and her home and to provide, like to class it back up a bit. And she does have that side to her that I told someone reminds me of either like a head nun or a school marm where she ain't playing with you. If you step out of line in a way that she doesn't like, she will read you down. She will, um, she, I mean, she's raised five kids. So like, she's not, she doesn't seem to have, um, a very long fuse when it comes to mayhem and, and chaos in her home. So I can absolutely see it. And in her mind, she probably thought it was, you know, warranted and it isn't something that they should talk about. (laughs) So for Noella wanting to talk about it, I think it's going to be, um, a pretty, pretty interesting episode. Is there a way that this will end well for Noella mm. to try to take on Heather Dubrow in this kind of way? Uh, well, it'll be a great season, <laughs> but for Heather, I mean, they could, they could come out friends. That's the thing about housewives is even as crazy as it gets, you know, with people yelling and fans taking sides and being willing to like fight in the streets over it, they more than likely will come out friends because as much as you have someone like, you know, Meredith yelling, I never want to film with her. Like it's an ensemble cast. You kind of got it. Exactly. That's sort of what you sign up for. If you're cashing the check, like get on camera. If, if this is such an issue for you, like walk away, give the money back. Right. So I don't know. I think Heather is, is one to stand back and like, look at the chessboard. And be like, okay, if Noelle is still going to be a part of this, like we got to come to some sort of understanding. So it might be a blow up for a minute, but I can see them getting over it. What do you think the difference is between alliance and friendship? Mm. Housewives. Um, I think you can tell when the housewives are actually friends with one another. So it seems real, it seems authentic, and they hang out outside of production. So for me, when I see them truly bonding and being friends and cutting up and making jokes and stuff like we've seen that on so many different you know franchises that's great you got to love that um alliances to me are when they say oh, you haven't even talked to me since we last filmed and then they have mm-hmm. to get over that at the beginning of every season which happens a lot in new york you know mm-hmm. and so then you realize like okay this is this is more of a of a friendship for for the show, which is fine. You know, maybe they don't run in the same circles during their normal lives. And when the show is airing, that's when they come together and there are little, you know, alliances. And do you think mutual, what's the impact of mutual respect or lack thereof? Because you can have a friendship without mutual respect. That's usually when those friendships don't last, you know, like, is there, how does that factor into this? So now when you say that, the first thing I think of is how Sonia is regarded by Ramona and the Mm. Countess. So I think there's a friendship there, but I do not believe that there is mutual respect. The way they treat her, the way they talk to her and about her, they, you know, have jokes at her expense, but they're still friends, you know? She and Ramona, like, share a bed, and she and the Countess, she's... They're very close, but the the respect is not there. So I think if that works for two individuals on a friendship dynamic, then, you know, great, good for you. And it just, we can tell. And I think fans can see that. It just makes me wonder. It's a great point. It makes me wonder a little bit. I, I don't know why I'm thinking about respect through that lens, but I'm curious for your thoughts about it when it comes to Salt Lake, because I feel like 
the fandom creators have had a lot of questions and commentary around the idea that people seem to have been chasing friendships or relationships with Mary, for example, mm. um, with Jen in seasons past and sort of oddly enough this past week. Uh, and I wonder how mutual respect or even, you know, one way style respect factors into that because I do feel like that's sometimes the missing piece when it comes to friendship versus alliance. And it's a little bit confusing to watch people battle with each other for something that's maybe unattainable when it yes. comes to like real true trust driven yeah. female friendship. Like I don't understand what the foundation is. Like what do you think the foundation is in some of these friendship style battles on Salt Lake? Okay. So first of all, let me say um, for reasons that are and are not her own, I do not believe that Mary is capable of true friendship right now mm, in her life. Tell me, tell me. With tell another me. woman, because she cannot hear opinions that don't mirror her own. It's difficult for her. Maybe she's getting better. I don't know. It, it seems as though a friend should be able to tell you when you mess up, when you hurt their feelings, when you've done something you shouldn't do, whatever it is, and you move forward, right? And you say, okay, thank you for you know being the mirror to reflect that back to me. I'm gonna think about that, whatever. Mary blows up. Mary demands respect and reverence, right? Because that has been her life. And so whenever I see her in these moments when someone's trying to talk to her or like Whitney seems to have been truly hurt and she seems to have really believed that she and Mary were friends. And so to watch her struggle and try to connect with Mary on a human level and understand how they can fix it. And then Mary, you know, at that lunch is just coming for her over and over and over. You didn't answer my call. You didn't answer my call, but you didn't pick up my call. So for Mary, she can't get over that she was not the most important thing in Whitney's life. So if you don't have respect for someone's life, like Whitney has children, Whitney has a family, Whitney has other things going on, but Mary has to be the most important thing and she couldn't move on from it. So I think just the way that she has lived her life, um, you know, and Mary will say that she's been forced to live her life that way. And that's might very well be true, but it's, it's definitely made it, I think, impossible for her unless she does a lot of work to be a real friend to someone. I don't disagree on the idea of the amount of work ahead for Mary, but I think so much of that comes from a trauma and survivor's journey. Like the fact that she seems to exist in a world of being very reactive to things and uh, and uh, not emotional about things, but there's a way that she processes things differently. And I think a lot of that might have to do with the fact that she's seems in many ways to have like a very complicated, difficult, dark childhood, childhood, maybe young adulthood, whatever happened in her first marriage before she married her um, current husband, like mm -hmm. the difficulty losing her mother essentially during the transition between her grandmother's passing and Mary now being seen as the figurehead for the church. And as a result, the person bringing in enormous streams of income, regardless of how that money is mm -hmm. being made. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I totally agree about the capacity that she has and um, the lack of 
not understanding, but maybe sometimes like nuance, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a way to respond to things and say, you're doing this because you don't like me. You're doing this because you don't respect me. You're doing this because you don't hear me. And that can lead to like guttural reactive moments of saying, essentially, I deserve more than this. Like you should respect me. You should value me. And some of that might be because of the enormous power she um, helms in her community. And some of that might have to do with the fact that like she has had to fight for it. You know, like the fight or flight style friendships are not long for this world, Mm -hmm. but they are, I think, in Mary's case, incredibly nuanced. You know, like and with Whitney, I I'm sure Whitney has had her own process, her own journey. And obviously, as we're now seeing with her business and the complications of that, the stresses of it. But I think her life, as we understand it, noting her leaving the church and everything else, I just don't know that she's it's it's unfair to compare her life to another person's and her struggles with another person's. I'm acknowledging that. But I also think like because Mary can't necessarily cope or communicate in a way that I think some people would want to understand what she's experienced, there's like that valley there Mm -hmm. between them, you know, it doesn't and it doesn't excuse anything that Mary has done to Whitney, which has been incredibly cruel. Mary does seem to thrive in cruel guttural responses yeah she does um uh, certainly we've seen it seen it evidence on social but i do also think that there's like something else happening here with mary's just like instinctive fight or flight oh for sure think a little or is it is that that could be completely off no i think i think look anybody who if you give someone the elevator pitch on like who is mary it's obvious right away that this person you know, has been, has lived their life in such a way that they have not had the benefit of growth. And mm-hmm. so to put such someone kind of stunted, such a good point. I'll say she's stunted. Okay. And to put her on a television show, I'm surprised she said yes to it, but of course you don't know what you don't know. Right. So she said yes to it. Mm-hmm. To put her on a television show with these women and put her in these situations it's it's almost like some sort of like sociology experiment that we're watching, um, and I I struggle with that because some of her behavior cannot be excused and it's not okay, and 100%. it doesn't matter what the curve is or what the reason is. You cannot do this. You cannot put this out into the universe. So it's difficult to watch her in a situation where you know that she doesn't have the equipment to to be there or the knowledge or the life experience whatever you want to say um and so i don't know maybe maybe she grows from it is what i tell myself like if you took you know somebody from a different time and dropped them in like they'd have to acclimate at some point so i hope that mary acclimates and she realizes like ooh wow i i cringe looking back at my behavior guys sorry i just kind of been hanging out in my closet for 20 years you know i i feel bad about that now whatever that's what i hope but it's it's difficult and it's extremely offensive at a lot of points to watch happen. So, um, yeah, and I, what I don't get, and I want to know your thoughts on this, I cannot fathom why Meredith is riding so hard for her. And I will never get over people trying to explain to Mary how she was offensive in two different ways 
and Meredith jumping in to change the direction of where that was going. Yeah, and and Meredith has tried to explain what she intended to say in, in those moments. And the reality is her shifting gears from a conversation about racist language into like, it's not just about this. There's other stuff here and shifting into this. Jen being Jen's friend and be nicer to Jen. It's so odd to me. And it's, she's trying to do it through the lens of like, you guys aren't being real here, but genuinely since when do you care? Yeah. Like, I mean that without being, even not even as a critique but like literally Mm -hmm. if you're talking about experiencing whiplash imagine what everybody (laughs) else is thinking in that moment and the reality is that the there does seem to be mutual affection or had been who knows where they are now between Mary and Meredith in a way that they saw each other that was different and also helpful Mm. because you don't want Mary to be on an island by herself yeah there's just too much there and it wouldn't help propel the story forward these women's stories forward if that was the case um yeah and yet Meredith is making some moves that I would think started from a place of anger toward Jen and also confusion and frustration toward Lisa Mm -hmm. that has led to a point where she's making mistakes or doing things that I personally disagree with. And I'm like, what what happens from this? Because like you had us, you had us with the with the tub, you had us with the iconic moments, but like something shifted here you bit off a little too much more than you could chew or we like the ways that you were chewing the scenery but I think someone told you the world would like them regardless like I don't even believe that saying that out loud but like something is odd here Mm -hmm. and I I in answer to your question I don't know how to answer it I I don't know how to answer it I really yeah. don't. It's fascinating. And the housewives really are like, it's like the stock market. Like they go up, they go down. Like, yay, good. Thank you so much. You're doing so great. Oh, you just really helped humanity and the show. And then the next one, you're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed by everything you've ever done. So you just never know. <laughs> you never know how it's going to go. But I mean, Meredith, that was that was a down episode for real. I mean, from the outfits to the choices uh behaviorally it was i did not know what the heck was going on it was it was a dumpster fire and speaking of dumpster fires there is news that listen guys we're recording this friday morning ish maybe this will be um said to be complete hot goss and not based in reality at all but there's news that came out late last night the salt lake city reunion film yesterday that maybe mary didn't show up it was scheduled to film in Salt Lake City. They switched it to um, L.A. And maybe she doesn't show. Wow. And how does that change the game? Like, do you think that Mary is more aware of what it means to be on reality TV now because of the negative feedback that she's gotten from people? Um 
or do you think that's just come with time and just like understanding of what it actually means to be on a show like this? So, you know, I'm surprised that Mary came back. So the fact that she came back means that she's getting something out of it that she enjoys. So she already has plenty of money. So it's something else, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't think any negative feedback would be a reason for her to disengage, if you will. So if, first of all, let me say, if she does not show up to the reunion, then I think the Adrian Maloof rule needs to be applied. Absolutely. No ifs, ands, or buts. Like, if you don't show up to the reunion, bye. We never see you again. Like, that's in your contract. You don't get to skip out on that. So that's number one. We'll, put, we'll set that aside. Two, yeah, she got into, you know, a Twitter tussle with some people giving her their, you know, valid opinions of things that were said and the way that that all went down. And I think what, okay, look, you can say anything about any housewife, you got to be able to take Mm -hmm. the heat. So Meredith being on there, whether I agree with anything that she has done, whether it enrages me, she being on there fielding questions on Twitter, let's let's hope it was her and not her social media manager. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to do that and be like, okay, that's given me something to think about. Good for you because this is a, this is a you know a shared experience. Like you're putting something out there, we react to it. If you can't take the reaction, you shouldn't be on the show. Mm-hmm. If a reaction that people have to watching your behavior like enrages you, do not sign mm-hmm. up for reality television. So if that is like all of a sudden Mary has hit a wall, okay, bye. If you didn't go to the reunion and you've hit your point see you later but you have to know that this is part of it by now and yet not knowing is sometimes part of the joy the not knowing and not understanding the reality (laughs) that some of these women are being held accountable in ways that they wouldn't be in their personal life because of their wealth and access and power and for some of them celebrity and fame like the fact that sometimes people are coming to terms with that or understanding it on camera or as a result of what they've said on camera IRL is fucking fascinating to me. And it feels like that, uh, to me, honestly, I think that the negative critique, Mary was like, I don't need this. Like, I don't need to be critiqued by people. You don't know me. You don't understand. I didn't say the thing that I did. Or if I did, here's why. Mm -hmm. But then I didn't again. Like, she has enough of what she has to be able to say those things without facing consequences and on reality tv the audience can hold you accountable even if you would rather not or even if your co-stars would rather not Mm -hmm. and I think she was like I don't want to do this I hate this now this isn't what I quote unquote signed up for Mm -hmm. without like those are spiritual quote unquotes because I don't know that she actually literally said that but like (laughs) the um you gotta love a spiritual quote unquote but like the the idea that she was like I I don't need this. And also, you know, housewives can be very lucrative, but that's money isn't enough of a reason here. Maybe she thought it was going to be fun or whatever. And when it stopped being fun, she's like, I'm going to get off the ride. Yeah. And if you're punishing someone for not showing up to the reunion by like withholding a payment to someone who doesn't care about money. She doesn't care about money. Or she doesn't care about money as a consequence being used in that way. And it sounds to me like it's not up to the network in the sense of like, we're going to apply the Adrian Maloof rule. Cause I think Mary applied to it, applied it to herself. Mm -hmm. Like 
I, it sounds like she was like, I'm out. It sounds like she was well aware that if she didn't show up, that meant she quit the show. And if this is even true, by the way, yeah. again, it could be debunked by the time true. this is um, in y'all's ears. But, um, you know, it, it sounds like it's something that she decided to do. And the way that the show was structured and the fact that they were filming in L.A., it sounds like that's maybe what happened. Could be, could be. And this is just what's so fascinating. I mean, we hear these things. We don't really know. We'll see know. how it plays out. Um, but either way, it's always an interesting day in the Bravo sphere. Always. Right? It feels like there's always something that's going on mm-hmm. that, like, completely reshifts. And I just think it's really unfortunate because Mary specifically is connected to so much of each woman's individual storyline responses to things questions about how they behaved she's really a little bit of a through line there a connective thread and to not have that noting that Jen Shaw showed up Mm -hmm. and you know travel for her is limited (laughs) so the fact that she was able to do that obviously wanted to do it and the fact that she was there facing what she was and Mary doesn't show up and yeah. Mary filmed this season after the Bravo Sphere was talking about her church and the way that it was. Yep, that's not new. It's it's, it's not new. And it also kind of makes you wonder, like, what's coming up in the next couple weeks? I don't know. I mean, and that's I keep waiting to, you know, see more of, of that storyline. So I'm looking forward to that. And it's, again, not anything that we haven't heard before. But if there are more details, and then Whitney alluded to, you know, the two of them, Mary and her, you know, Robert Sr., as they call him, being predators. And I'm like, what does, okay, what are you saying? Because we've all read things online, I'm sure by now, and testimonies from former parishioners and family members and things like that. But um, I want to know Whitney's take on it, because she seems to be a little bit changed after speaking to Cameron. Wait, Whitney called them pre- Whitney called yeah. Mary a predator. Yeah, she said, you know, if if it's true, you know, talking to Cameron, I'll have to go back and pull that footage and I'll send it to you. But she's like, said that they were like predators, and I'm like, how? And so what I immediately thought of was like, you know, for funds, but then also there's a whole chain, and I'll have to find it, where a woman shared text messages supposedly from Robert Senior, like soliciting her for an affair and saying all the stuff to her. And like, I'm into you and what would you do for me and all this kind of stuff. So it could very well be me that. And, you know, choosing that word, though, was just like my eyebrows went up and I'm like, what do you what are we talking about? So not to criticize Whitney, but if she's using that kind of language, which is heavily that is I'm thinking Whitney is making like an aggressive specific choice and using that term. Uh, I assume she's using it for Jen as well, who's been credibly accused yeah. of being a predator to God only knows how many people who were specifically preyed upon because they were viewed um, successfully as being vulnerable. So like, there's there's more than enough of the use of predatory mm-hmm. a- accusations to go around here and maybe start not to say don't stop, but like maybe start with the person who's facing significant jail time as a result of those predatory um you know alleged crimes the scene i think it's going to be a classic um of her stuffing the bags for charity with oh with God. her her natural nails which we've never i don't think seen before and oh i didn't even notice 
Yes. And her mom. <gasps> and I, you know, this is one of those things with Real Housewives where you want to laugh at it. But then the fact that her mom is there and so pure of heart and you know that her mom, even though they have to know that this is legit and she's probably facing some real jail time, is willing to like – it's reminded me of The Giving Tree, honestly. If Have you read that book? Of course. Okay. All right. I had never read it. One of the best. I had never read it until I had a child because everybody was always like, it's a downer. Don't read it. I was in the. No, it's Shel Silverstein. And I love. Sacrifice you can make for those you love. I know. And I've read every other one of his books. I'd never read that one. I read that book in the throes of postpartum depression. I could not stop crying. Let me tell you what. So now I think of that book all the time. It is such a downer. I can see the beauty in it now. But my God, what a downer. And to me, that was the giving tree, seeing her mother sitting there on camera. And I don't think we've ever seen her mom on camera before. Such Mm -hmm. a giving tree, being willing to like give her her retirement and be on camera saying, I believe you're innocent, stuffing these little bags. It was hard, but uh, you know, it's it's a tough moment. Yeah, I think there's a beautiful sadness about the story of the giving tree and the idea that you will sacrifice literally every part of you to provide for someone you love Mm -hmm. and the greatest sacrifice and then to me I would just apply a whole lot of frustration to the idea that Jen's disconnection from the reality of what she's facing has has come to a point where her mother would even be allowed to give in that way yeah. And the fact that they're having that conversation while she's in full glam in her very fancy house. Yes, her rental. When her, when her mom, exactly. When her mom has worked as an educator for, mm-hmm. I think they said like 35 years or some, some extreme amount of time where her mom has already made sacrifices for her family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- her mom discussed culturally the idea that in their culture, the oldest daughter is really seen as the leader of the family. It's something that Jen has talked about too. And I would love to hear more about that because I think actually the pressure and stress, not only as the provider for your immediate family, but as seen as the figurehead for your larger family Mm -hmm. and now being accused of the crimes that you are, knowing that you employed many of your family members is to me incredibly fascinating. And it's, I I just I want to understand more of like the employing of people mm-hmm. and how much of which we'll never get this but like how much Jen understood the risk she was applying yeah. by invoid inviting family members to to join in this like sordid business but all that being said just even understanding the complications of needing to ask for help without applying any kind of critique through the lens of like, and I'm the one who's supposed to be seen as the guide Mm -hmm. for everyone else is to me very fascinating, but it's just so fucking sad that that check might be cashed because like we now know in real time, the benefit of updates that, I guess everyone has pled out or mm-hmm. is taking a plea deal or is pleading guilty. And yeah, I just, what it, is it worth? I don't, I, I don't know it. There's a human instinct to survive and a human instinct to fight to the very end. But like your mom only has so many branches to give, Yeah, you know, like 
is it worth it? What what is she really providing for you with that money? Because the cost is enormous. Is she really providing you with legal shade? Because I I don't think that that is likely. Yeah, I think the longer she fights, the worse it gets for her. The fact that she's going to trial, to me, same makes the ending much worse. So like, why are we? Why are we accepting potentially the sacrifice of your mom mm-hmm. when the reality is that by continuing this fight, you're just sacrificing some of your family's security, which they could really use right now? Yeah. And I, you know, there's two sides to it, right? It's like, does she really intend on on taking that money from her mother or did she just want to have you know a scene on television showing us how much her mother believes in her that she's innocent that she's willing to do that and i think you know for someone who is truly like sort of like the head of the family and and so on you would think that they would not allow anyone to suffer at their expense for something but I think that's where maybe a rational chip, if that is, if that's the way it's going, could be missing, where they can't admit, like, I'm in a no-win situation. No amount of money, no, no hours of legal firms can get me out of this. I have to accept this, and I have to make the smartest decision now that I can. So we, we shall see how it goes. I think from what we've seen of Jen Shaw so far, there may not be a connection to reality. Um, so it, it will be an interesting trial. And I hope her mother does not write that check. Oh, God, I really hope I she know. doesn't. I think that there's like a disconnection with reality and then a just a disagreement with it. Yeah. I think Jen's like, I'm just disagreeing with what the reality of what's being presented. I, I am innocent, but regardless, uh, I'm going to fight this as long as I can. And who knows what she sacrificed behind the scenes in order to make this possible. It's just that what we're seeing, I don't know. I would think like the very first thing that they would be doing is downsizing and mm-hmm. in conjunction. And maybe she doesn't need a legal team that has a $2 million retainer. Mm-hmm. I think she's downsized her legal team since. So, um, and I don't know how much of that was her choice versus their decision. It, that that could have been a question of money as well. Like, yeah. Can you really afford us? Um, and it's it's okay to, for me to say if I was in her shoes, like I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't know. It's it's going to be real tough. And then you add in the like, how much of this is the denial of reality, and how much of this is trying to prolong my role on the reality show. Yeah before it all goes away yeah true oh man listen you know I could talk to you forever this was very we went I listen this is one of those shows where it's like you take a left turn you take three to the right I just am now I'm like thinking in my head like even about the stuff that I've said, like have I changed my mind six or eight times through the course of this conversation entirely possible. But that's also why I love having conversations Mm -hmm. like these because like who even knows how you feel in a given moment on a given day and the idea that we can adjust or shift or apply a sense of empathy to someone's story or struggle for the benefit of trying to understand human behavior 
I just find it so fucking interesting and I love talking to you about it. I really do. Same, same. And honestly, like the, I, I think Real Housewives got a bad rap in the beginning. Like, oh, you're watching Bravo Real Housewives. And it's like, let me tell you, it's, it's psychologically fascinating to do. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. The content that they give us is well beyond, you know, the silliness of like labels and, and bickering for sure. Yeah. And, you know, to have two women talking about women's stories, I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine anything better than that because I think these women's stories are so fascinating. And I always find it just extra enjoyable to have those kinds of conversations because, I mean, there's an identity complex that sometimes people apply to their interest in love for Bravo, but there's also the idea of like identity connection Mm -hmm. and even doing that through the lens of gender and the lens of um, the cultural environment of being a woman right now, let alone a woman uh, attempting to share or create her story on reality TV in a very, very specific environment is... um, is really just for me personally enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So um, same. I'm so appreciative for you coming on. Tell the people what you're working on, where to follow you on social, what you're thinking about talking about next. Your deep dives are incredible. Your Thank recaps you. when you're watching these shows in real time on your stories are amazing. What have you got cooking? So many things. Let me tell you, if I told you all the dives that I start and I don't finish, Sometimes they get too mm. dark. Sometimes they get scary. Sometimes I'm just like, this is too much. Like, yeah. So always working on something. I'm on Instagram, uh, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking, Bravo. Twitter, I am Bravo Ducking. Mm. And uh, yeah, I do I do what I can. There's, there's no shortage of scandals and things to look into in the Bravo sphere. God bless them for it, I have to say. And guys, <laughs> after you're following Bravo, Bravo, Duckin' Bravo, follow me on Instagram. Posted some sassy photos. I'm a clawfist. Um, Shout out to uh, Jill Zarin for a cameo, which uh, in that process, which I'll discuss on the next Andy's Girls um, at Dame Galley. And also Andy's Girls Patreon. Guys, I've been away. I had COVID. And now I'm catching <laughs> up for last time. So join me for a um, just released bonus episode exclusive OGs of the AGs chit chatting about the Sex in the City reboot a whole fucking lot of conversation about Noella and Jen and a ton about SLC um, an hour and 20 minute bonus episode exclusive to the Patreon the number one way to support Andy's girls you get invites to special Zoom events bonus episodes depending on the level of support you join and even a premium tier where you can record a Patreon episode with yours truly. That's patreon.com slash Andy's girls. A link is always in the show notes for this episode. Listen, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, you're so welcome. I'm glad you healed up. I really Trying. appreciate Mid-heel. being on <laughs> mid heel. I'm glad you're, you're turning the corner on it. And I'm so, Thank so glad. You. Hey, do you think that the, um, the stuff that you had done, 
in where did you go what was the name of that hospital i just blanked on sleepy i was at phelps hospital i want to say in sleepy motherfucking hall new york which i was like oh that sounds like a movie name and didn't (laughs) it didn't connect me until my i was driven in a medical car and (laughs) until the driver was like you know sleepy hollow yeah the you know Ichabod Crane of it all I was like oh my god this sleepy hollow anyway yeah so I had a the antibody treatment that works with Omicron there's I think three different ones and I got the I got the good stuff good so you think that helped that's pretty amazing I love that your doctor did that for you yeah, it's uh, honestly the doctor at the hospital was like, you have to understand that this is essentially liquid gold. It's impossible to get. And I was like, I totally get it. And I qualified for it because of my underlying condition mm-hmm. and some concerns about what would happen with COVID. And I had a conversation with my doctor's office yesterday, actually, because I'm going back at the end of the month to do some testing and see where I am just for my overall health and mm-hmm. with my overall health complications plus COVID. Um, so it is one of those things where you can't really know the unknowable, but, um, I'm sure that it made, uh, a a mark in how I, um, uh, have been able to recover, but also the recovery is ongoing. It's something I've heard from many Andy's Girls listeners who have slid into my DMs with their own experiences going through COVID, some of whom are experiencing COVID, the COVID long haul. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's discussion of the different ways that your body can react to COVID OG, let's say COVID yeah. classic versus Delta versus Omicron. And the one thing that has helped me as I continue to experience fatigue and other symptoms is the hardest thing for me because my world was already limited due to an underlying chronic health condition prior to COVID, like walking in temperate weather was so important for my mental health. And like to go through the fatigue that I'm experiencing right now, it's very tough to hold back from wanting to, you know, go for the long walks or even moderate sized walks Mm. because you don't, you, I know I went, outside during the cold post quarantine and got very, very sick after. Mm. And it was a combination of the actual just cold in New York and also my body being like, I'm not really ready for anything yet. So that's been the toughest, most, but most important thing. Like people talk about medical rest, but like it is real and I would say required. And it's also a privilege. I don't have kids as my psychiatrist tells me. <laughs> you live alone. So like take care of yourself because if you fall down, who's going to find you? Which is great. That's great to hear when you're battling COVID like that reminder because I forgot. Um, But, you know, there's a it, it is a privilege to say that you know, aside from PK, love of my life, my fish son, Mm -hmm. when it comes to like immediate in your household, not only from wanting to protect people from also getting it, but just in the sense of the ability to be able to lay down is, is a privilege. And I also just want to shout out and thank you so much for asking and just shout out anyone who's going through this or experiencing this. Um, it's, it's individual for everyone be careful about, you know, the ways that we try to help and guide each other, the language that we use because each person's individual journey is is different. So you don't really know what someone is going through, including during COVID. So that's the, the one gentle thing of like the gentle support is so helpful and tips are helpful. Yeah. Um, and try not to apply judgment as best you can because 
this stuff is tough for all of us. And I'm I'm grateful to be at the point that I am now, but I still cough every fucking yeah. couple. It's hard for me to like let out air without coughing, which isn't ideal when you're doing an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I have literally four different beverages in front of me, depending on what my body needs to heal while I record. And it's day by day. And, and I'm I just want to thank you for asking and also thank for the AGs for who continue to get in touch and check in and send support. And, um, you know, you do the very best that you can. And it's it's one of those things try not to apply a judgment against yourself or a shame against yourself because at the end of the day this is a public health crisis and how helpful is that when we're dealing with a a, it's a public health crisis just try to protect yourselves your loved ones strangers and and do the very best you can kn95s and 95s surgical masks there's more information online you don't need to hear it from me. You actually don't even need to hear this part from me, but I'm just going to say it anyway that, you know, washing your hands, getting your booster, social distancing. Yeah. I live in New York City, which has been hit hard once again, and many other areas are feeling that same angst. Um, and so, you know, just try to take care of yourselves, not only in how you're trying to protect yourselves against this physically but also spiritually as well so hopefully ag can continue to be some kind of outlet or salve for some of you um you know it's cdc says listening to andrew's girls is one of the best <laughs> ways to pre- and i trust the cd when have they ever let us wrong never uh, but just to say that hopefully this week will con- this week these episodes will continue to be a way for people to be able to breathe a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like if I he- when I hear that from people, I'm like, there's nothing better that you can tell me. Um, and so I just want to w- say thank you to everyone. I didn't get a chance to do like a Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa holiday episode or New Year's up because I was, you know, experiencing the cove. <laughs> But maybe this will be that moment now to say how much I, I'm thankful and appreciative to everyone who signs up for the Patreon, to everyone who writes a nice, positive five-star review on Apple Pods or Spotify, like to everyone who follows on the gram because that helps with metrics and marketing, like, and to people just for giving me your time and, and inviting us into your, your ears and your mind each week. Um, I'm thankful for it. And my hope is that we are going to get through all of this together and get to the other side, whatever it may be. We'll hopefully AG will still be there. Um, it will for sure. And I just want to say thank you for always sharing, you know, everything about, you know, your journey as you experience it, when you were getting your, when you were getting your uh, COVID shots, when you were anything Mm -hmm. that happens, I, I just, I think it's wonderful that, that you're so open about it. And I think it helps people. It helps me. And so thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. And it's something that uh, I have made a specific point to do and share to highlights. I have shared to my highlights on my Instagram things that worked for me during um, the, you know, height of the COVID, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um, and also my experiences getting the shots, because for those of us, for anyone experiencing anything, the, the situation is tough. And as someone who has a very complicated um chronic condition that still hasn't been uh treated and and diagnosed to the point that it needs to be um it is a an extra special ooh, 
yeah. because my body can react in ways that are very um, no blame with, with like normal everyday medication or environmental yeah. concerns, the temperature, like when my body's temperature changes, like crazy things happen. So like to go through the process of like, cool, this is like a new thing that's going on the go. We didn't have it in 2018 and now it's back mm-hmm. to go through that. It can be very stressful. It's stressful on everyone. It's a, it's an interesting, uh, you know, spinoff kind of stress with someone who already has existing health concerns. For sure. And if that information is is a benefit, understanding it is just my experience. But my hope is to, in life, remove a little bit of fear. And if in sharing my story, that removes a little bit of fear, all the better. Listen, I just added an additional hour to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thanks for that. Like, I need an excuse to talk. Um, Guys, listen, we're sending you love. I'm sending you love. Bravo, bravo, Jackie, bravo, because you. you know I a die for you. Um, thank you. And guys, hang in there. We'll we'll chat with you soon. AG will be here. You know, go on the Patreon, do whatever. Look at my fucking office, surrounded by dresses, mm-hmm. things I can't afford. Living my best life. Do Living it. my best little little Susie Q, sassy G life. Um, hang in there, guys. Uh, get into my DMs. Email me, andysgirlsshow at gmail.com with your satchels, which as a, a reminder, the language of Andy's Girl Satchels of Gold named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clore and Ben Simone are your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns, reactions to all things Housewives and Bravo. So you can slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley and genuinely shoot me your long form thoughts or send me an email. I love a thesis. I love an LSAT moment. I love a medical degree, philosophical, spiritual, or literal otherwise. Um, So let me know your thoughts because I pick those apart and understand them and respond to them and celebrate celebrate them on Patreon and need to do more on some more EG Classic. Anyway, guys, hang in there. BB, bravo, bravo, BBDF. No, BBDB. You got it. You got it. I was like, she'll find it. (laughs) She'll find it. COVID brain. That's what happened there. That's not me absolutely fucking up. Zero judgments. Zero judgments. Listen, this is the place for zero judgment. Unless you're like one of a million house husbands. True. I've got a couple words. Uh, Hang in there, guys. We'll chat with you soon. Bye-bye.